Greetings, my friends. Jason Archer here with Hardwater Radio. We're jumping into episode four. We have special guest, Dr. Tom Padilla. We're going to be broadcasting live from CrossFit FSI under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. I'm joined by my co-host. You're getting better at that every time. Was, oh, well, thanks for interrupting excellent. me, man. I appreciate it. I, I, good, I, I couldn't make I couldn't let you be perfect. If we get it perfect right away, it's just not a thing. I fucking hate you. I'm joined by my co-host, who I now hate. Carson <laughs> Carson, I hate Ken. <laughs> and Dr. Tom Padilla. So what's going on, guys? We just came out of a seminar. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Tom just uh, knocked it out of the park talking about core development. Everybody had a good time. We got some good videos. Pretty cool shit. Um, so what were your takeaways, brother? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, with the core, people want to... They want to go from like zero to a hundred really quick, right? They like want to. Everybody wants a six pack, yeah. And uh, I keep touching this. Um, everybody <laughs> six, wants everybody. Six pack. Everybody. I want to keep it'll, touching it'll my six pack. It'll still be there later, right? <laughs> but they don't. They don't really realize the uh, importance of and and I, I think that first drill you did. Um, I've heard what you called it. What you called it? The, when we talked about the, the multifidus activation. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That was a that was a great like intro to it because then I think everyone really realized like oh wow like this is something I do all the time, right? Like that's something that we do all the time when we walk Absolutely. when we move in the gym and uh, even though you didn't give us very many things, I think they were very productive things, um, and you gave a you gave a really good. Uh, the, the analogy of the core is I think is really good. It's a great place for people to start. Like, and it's, I think it's easier for them to understand that way. Right. So. Absolutely. I love breaking it down to where you can just understand, all right, one thing has to happen before the next and the next. And it's really about doing one or two things well versus giving somebody 20 different things to work on that might help. So it's more of a sniper approach versus your whole shotgun. I appreciate approach. that sniper. Yeah, approach. I figured sure. you would. And so you your eyes light up. Yeah. And you have to start there, right? Cause yeah. as, as the point of your seminar titled Bulletproof Your Core, if you don't have that element working for you, it's working against you. Correct. Yeah, you're going to overcompensate with other muscles that have no business in, uh, in doing what they're trying to do and aren't really prepared for it, which leaves you susceptible to not only leak power, but, you know, eventually sustain injury. For sure. That sort. That's, that's an important part, right? Like, you know, in the CrossFit world, we get a lot of people that can lift a lot of weight. But that doesn't mean necessarily their core is sequencing correctly. Um, when I, I was doing this stuff with you, like I felt there were some things in there. Where I was like, I was not feeling it the same way that you were talking about it. And I know that even though I have a, a very strong deadlift that or in squat, but there's probably some still stuff in there that even a higher level or a stronger athlete can work on. You know, and I'm not necessarily getting pain. I don't necessarily have pain or anything, but this stuff could lead to pain if I if I don't fix it. Right, and that's that's just it. Is it can apply to any athlete? Anybody can get better with the techniques that we talked about today, especially if you know they're having any sort of dysfunction. So it was really cool. It's because you can see it with higher level athletes, just like you can see it with people who are in pain. And regardless of where you are, you'll get stronger practicing the techniques that we went over today. So that's that's my favorite part about it is that it's applicable to everybody. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. And before we get too far ahead of yeah. ourselves, maybe we can take just a moment and let you talk a little bit about your practice because you're right here near FSI in the Scottsdale Air Park and a little bit about your background and how you got to be where you are. All right, great. Uh, yeah, so I'm located uh, uh 
just north of the north of the airport um, inside of Scottsdale School of Fitness. The Doctors of Physical Therapy is the name of my clinic. And we really opened up in October 2016. And we were actually right next door here to Carson for about four to six months before making the jump over to uh, Scottsdale School of Fitness. It was an easy decision. It's a really, uh, it's a really nice, clean gym based environment that we were, we could see ourselves taking people from a lower level where they might be in a pain state and all the way up to a higher level athletic uh, or competition level um, body and fitness level. Um, so uh, started there in October of 2016. I have a long background in personal training and I have my CSCS as well. So I really uh, emphasize exercise physiology and, and science as part of my uh, program. E- even in PT, I, I, I call it program development and program design because it's super important. And I feel like um, that's what I wanted to. That's one of the things that uh, I differentiate myself with. Uh, myself with when, when it comes to how you do physical therapy is there's a lot of three sets of ten out there, and just do three sets of ten, and just you know do this <laughs> over and over problem. and over, right? And exercise physiology clearly states that, and has been proven again and again that this number of reps is for strength, this number of reps is for endurance, this number of reps is for uh, neuromuscular reeducation. And then you've got those like super endurance athletes who they don't need sets of fifteen; they need sets of several minutes of something mm-hmm. uh, piled on top of each other. So you have to make it adaptable and realizing that not everybody is a three sets of ten person. Um, Like you said in the seminar, right? Like you were talking about like a high level CrossFit athlete compared to the average Joe. Like that's, that's an important piece. And if, and if you're not going to somebody that understands that, like you could be doing, you could be the other way. You probably see this too. Like the other way where they're doing way too much for what they really need. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it has to fit the person, and and you get caught up um, with a lot of uh, clinics, tr- the traditional mill clinic. Uh, I mean, that's what we call clinics where uh, a physical therapist will oversee a couple techs or aides, and they're seeing responsible for five patients an hour. You know, they might only have time to to communicate to the aide. Just give this person these three exercises, and the aide doesn't know any better. They're just telling that person to do. do I don't know, just do ten, like like last time, and then flip over and do ten on the other side and so what's you know, it look like for you at your place well it, it all has to do with uh, w- whatever the patient's going through so in the beginning let's say most people end up in my office after they've they've been a lot of other places and they're having pain you know that I don't get a lot of people just seeking to improve their performance typically those people seek out a trainer or, or somebody of that ilk first um, so w- in my office I'm usually seeing people with pain and they have a lot of dysfunction in the multifidi and those musculature um, and haven't been using them for maybe several years Um, and so when they first start with me we're doing the amounts of sets and repetitions to increase the communication between the brain and the muscles so they might have like a higher frequency like hey I really need you to actually do this three to four times a day to keep reminding your brain in those exercises to work together in that sequence excuse me keep your brain and your muscles realizing that they need to work together in that sequence so um, as your program develops, you're not doing the same amount of reps. Once those those muscles in the are firing in the right pattern, well, then you break it down into, all right, let's do some endurance reps. Then a couple weeks later, let's actually do some strength, and then let's introduce some power. And now we already have this foundation where the muscles are not only firing, but they have the right amount of endurance, and they have the amount of, right amount of strength to actually be able to perform powerful movement and uh, have success with that. So in talking uh, about the 
science around the numbers of reps for this and the numbers of reps for that, like hypertrophy, yeah. endurance. Um, what did you call uh, uh, like the neuro read? The like neuromuscular read. Yeah, yeah, neuromuscular reeducation. Like, what does the science actually say in terms of averages and numbers for those types of things, or is it actual solid science? I've seen a lot of people yeah, sort of a lot of, a lot of gray of area around yeah. this, and I'm just curious what you've seen. And it totally depends on the athlete, right? So if somebody has a, a sport that that requires them to use a high amount of strength, the strength is the ability to exert a, a good amount of force against an object a couple times, right? But if somebody has the need to exert a high amount of strength over and over and over and over, it's more like a mesh between endurance and strength, right? So it's not clear cut and there are, there are typical ranges um, that, will, that you can use for um, most people and strength comes in at like four to six while power is being able to do something two to three repetitions and it doesn't even have to be necessarily heavy when you're doing power because power is measured in the quickness that you can go from doing an eccentric motion to the concentric motion Mm -hmm. so a lot of people get caught up in trying to use heavier and heavier loads with power when if you actually drop your weight and work on that that quick switch between lowering a weight and exploding up with it you'll see the weights that you're able to do with the heavier movements go up faster really And, and, and does that hold true no matter the types of muscle fibers so you've got you want to go ahead? Oh, go for it, go for it. Yeah, Sorry, you took a breath. No, I, was uh, like, yeah. I didn't want to like take it out. I was um, like, ready. Nope, that's a question for me. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, and I'd love to have you jump in too. But um, so type 1 and type 2 muscle fibers, everybody's predisposed to have a little bit uh, more of one than the other. Right. Um, but there's also the issue of gene expression and stuff like that where, where if you train a certain way, you're going to enhance your own body's ability to use that type of muscle fiber. So, yes, it matters, but... No, it doesn't as well. I think it's and also too. It's uh, you're talking about going back to your athlete. It, it, I've seen athletes where you know hypertrophy happens at different rep schemes than what we're familiar with, mm-hmm. um, because of the kind of athlete they are. When I was in the military, like ten to twelve, fifteen reps for these guys was like nothing. Mm-hmm. They 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 wouldn't even break a sweat. You could do ten sets of fifteen or whatever it was, and they would be like, yeah, like so. When's the warm up going to be over? <laughs> And it didn't matter what the weight was. It, it, it just didn't matter to them. They, their ability to be able to buffer a lot of volume was just ridiculous. So it's like I had to, I had to give them 25 reps or 30 reps, and then they would start to grow. And so I think I th- and I think that happens over like these are obviously experienced athletes over and a different kind of athlete, right? Like, well, that begs a question. Maybe you can answer. Like, does that piece in terms of reps, in terms of growth or hypertrophy, is it relative to the amount of activity the person has prior to going into that exercise? Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, like I've listened. Like, you know, obviously your guys were they're running, lifting all the time, every day, pulling their body weight, pushing their body weight, carrying weight, right? And so, in order for them to grow, like they already have so much stimulus that they have to get past. Does yeah, that even right. factor in, or am I off my rocker? No, I well, I think there's. A, I think we haven't done enough. We haven't probably done enough. St- study on this right like there's there's that i i keep every oh, i feel like almost every day i read something new from dr andy galpin to uh th- those guys to you know these guys that are like you know um they're basically doing muscle fiber testing and you know i i think we're gonna keep that's gonna keep getting 
it's going to keep growing. That information is going to keep growing. I don't know if we'll ever have the answer because the body is just so adaptive. It really right. is. I mean, and and the hardest part is, is we always talk about this, right? That the longer the training age of the athlete, the more specific they have to do. Um, and we find out more about it. I mean, I know strength, I know uh, powerlifting guys that like, you know, they've developed a whole different view on this because of because of what they they and they're usually like, well, what works. Right, like this works for me, so I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care what your study says. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I think that's. It, 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 I think it circles back into what we're talking about now with you is like these fundamental pieces. You can't go and do that stuff until you have these fundamental pieces. You have to have this fundamental core activity. You have to have the right things work in the right sequence. Um, and that I think that's the coolest part about like what we were talking about in the seminar today is integrating this stuff into a regular CrossFit gym is invaluable, totally invaluable. And and people understanding it like, all right, you have to do this before you can do this. We always, in CrossFit, we always wanna, uh, you were talking a little bit um, earlier about some of your athletes that you've had, you can probably talk more about them, but um, your athletes that went back, you know, these are good athletes, they went back to the beginning, basically, when it came to core activation. They came back to CrossFit, and they were just PR and all over the place. Right. And and that's something that I think a lot of athletes would love to hear about. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's like the coolest part of it, right? Because, yeah. Because it's it. at first, I'm just trying to get somebody out of an injury state, you know. And and once we've gotten there, great. But then when I hear one to two months later, they're still using the techniques that we taught, and they're actually setting PRs when they haven't been working out for a year because they've been looking for solutions to their pain for a year. That speaks volumes to me because it's just incredible that they've been compensated they're master compensators well, that's what right? our because our bodies are so smart right yep. like our bodies are just wicked smart and as soon as you take that load off those muscles that are having to compensate and you're using the right muscles to stabilize all those big movers have so much more energy to give you and then it's easy well, they don't to leak energy right yeah. like they don't leak you don't leak energy throughout a movement yeah so straight up honest question like in terms of the number of people who come to see you how many people have waited too long Yes. Yes. Actually, you know, and and once once they have come and seen me, um, usually I'll do a fair amount of like, hey, did you know that next time if something like this happens, because overtraining happens, right? We're just gonna go tra- out there and try to push ourselves. Like, if you get in to see me within two weeks, you're gonna have to see me much less frequently. <laughs> like, we'll get you out in one to two visits versus actually having to do a course of care if you wait like three months to a year right you know and a lot of people that come to me have been through you know nine or ten other people and and they just so happen to end up in one of um another person's office who knows knows of me and send them to me and that's their final stop usually so a lot of them have either waited or they're actively seeking and just haven't found the right so the right person so that begs i mean if if you've got people who are really doing the circuit so to speak going Mm -hmm. from doctor to doctor to doctor what's the scene look like here here in arizona for uh, pt like if people are searching like that well, I mean, or, kind, I'm or, kind or of you biased. Liberty to say, I, I'm obviously. Kind of, I'm obviously <laughs> well, but do you, biased, do you think but... it? Do you think it's these PTs don't know their education's not where it needs to be, 
or do you think it's these people aren't like because I, I find it, I find it all the time with my clients, right? Like I can tell you exactly what to do and how to do it, but like, am I seeing you do it every time you come to the gym? No. Yeah, are you doing the stuff, the mobility work, the stability work, the whatever you need to do? Like, client, it's hard to get. I think it's hard to get clients to do what you want them to do. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, it, you. I mean, is it they're like a, you got like a special trick that you like brainwash well, so, them? So I don't know. I, yeah, I spend a lot of time brainwashing people. <laughs> to start with, I have a gold watch that I swing in front of their eyes. Um, <laughs> do you keep doing these things? I know. So I really, I really think that it's it's not the not necessarily the PT's fault. I mean, you have you have good and bad in every profession, but the the structure of the way that physical therapy has become in Phoenix and this is one of the big reasons that that I decided to open shop here was uh, it's, it is a mill you know the PT is kind of forced to see five patients an hour because that's what the company books that's what you know the large corporation says hey if, if uh, two insurance. people are going to no show right insurance reimbursements are declining rates are somewhat fixed here um, in Arizona due to, due to an organization called PTPN um, they negotiate the contracts for the PTs and the PTs have to buy in to accept those contracts so there's no unilateral dealing with the insurance companies and is that only at the corporate level um, in terms of them having the contracts, correct. So most of the corporations go through PTPN to okay. uh, to to get their contracts. That's the only way they get insurance uh, contracts. Okay. So it's basically Unless a prereq. they're large enough to, to go unilaterally. Right. Um, so it's basically a prereq if you're going to work for a large corporation that that's going to yep. be sort of the way your business operates. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna book five patients an hour because maybe only three show up, right? Mm. And, and that's how they. And then, that's how they. De- they, uh, they developed that equation basically because only th- three of them are going to show yeah, up. Wow. Maybe. And so the day that three do show up, right, or that all five show up, each person that's seeing the PT is only seeing the PT for five or five or ten minutes, right? So it's almost wow. impossible to really educate your patient in detail about how important it is to do. I'm asking you to do these two to three times a day because the brain connects to the muscles in this way and yada, yada, yada. You can't do that in five minutes. And it's just like, Here's the exercises, you know, just try these and, and we'll see you next time. You seem kind of frustrated with this. <laughs> <laughs> Struck a nerve. Oh, so, yeah, right. uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, and I, you know, that's why I don't blame the, the PTs, you know. there's right. I, I was, I did some per diem at some clinics here when I first uh, started my practice and there was a new grad uh, PT, a new grad PT. He had just graduated a few months before and he was overseeing two PTAs and a PT tech and each of those people had their own schedule in addition to him having his own schedule so on any given day he was signing off on 40 maybe a little wow. a few more notes so in terms of trying to actually keep track of getting someone better like it's almost you don't know who Joe or Sally is that yeah, came to no way. you mm-hmm. last week you know and so you're stuck in this high volume system where you have to see that person two to three times a week to try to get them better when that's not even necessary. If you give someone the right exercises and they're doing the work at home in between, they're getting better in between your visits. Well, you, you taught them too. You you know, it's not just and that's where it is. STEM and I, that's, I mean, when I got out of the, when I got out of the military and then I went to school and I was thinking about becoming PT and my dad's like, so my dad's athletic trainer, right? He's like, so he was very frustrated with it then because it was just like, well, here's some ice, here's some muscle stem, have mm-hmm. a nice day. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was it. Like, like, corrective exercise wasn't even a thing then. I mean, right. this was 20 years ago now. We understand years, so much, much more, more now. now. Yeah. It seems like uh, y'all are coming out of school with a lot more. Well, where'd you go to school? USC. Oh, cool. Southern California. Oh, yeah. 
That's awesome. We won't hold yeah. that against him, though. We won't. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> Fight on, guys. Fight on. <laughs> so maybe uh, take us through the way uh, you're operating in contrast to that model that you just laid out, because I think yours is, is quite a bit different from what I understand. Absolutely. There's a couple There's a couple key differences. I mean, we do one-on-one for mm-hmm. the entire session, um, and so the biggest thing that I get for, for the buck is the education piece. If somebody doesn't understand why they're doing something two to three times a day, there's no buy-in. If there's no buy-in, even though that person has been to 10 other people, they're not they're not going to do it, right? And if they're yeah. not going to do it, they're not going to get better, right? So really taking the time and breaking it down for them so that they can understand why this is going to make that, them better and, and what their role is, I think really increases the compliance. So I think that having the entire session one-on-one is really Really valuable in that regard um, and then the second thing that I do that you don't really get a lot of in in the in network world or in the in the regular PT world is I step out my care in terms of I'm not seeing somebody two to three times a week I'm seeing them once a week until they hit these metrics and then I see them in two weeks until they hit these metrics mm. and then once they're there I can do a four to six week follow-up which insurance doesn't really cover because it's like outside of the course of care if you see someone a month after the last time you saw him, it's considered a new course of care. You have to reevaluate that person. Really? So you have to kind of continue seeing them to make it count as the, the same course of care. Otherwise, that case is seen as complete. I see. You know, so you can't push them out to six weeks and you can't do like, hey, let's do a three-month follow-up. I want you to get back to running your triathlons and crossfitting and do that competition. Let me know if there's anything that comes up in the meantime, but we're going to follow up and make sure that there's nothing, uh, nothing oh, that's going to keep yeah, you hurt. those mo- patterns can teach or they compensate again right and then the, something else comes back and then a year from now they get hurt from another thing that they yeah, that's awesome that's yeah. really cool i think Absolutely. that's a great that's way one to of my do favorite it. parts of parts of it is the ability to follow up that's a really, whenever I want. that's a really i think just a really important piece right like <clears throat> um for coaches it's it's really easy for me to see when people are doing better right they come into the gym and well, you know, whatever movement they're doing, I get to watch them like pretty much every day get better at a movement, right? Like every time they do a thruster, every time they do a back squat, like I get to see their progress um, and I get to cue on like those specific pieces. So you're basically doing that over like a longer extended period of time. Right. And you get to like really, that's a, that's a much better way. I feel like to influence the, uh, will make their, make their, uh, you know, their healthcare actually work for them. Right. Well, and you kind of hit on something there, like the, the whole coaching aspect. I work directly with coaches yeah. and personal trainers to where I know what that patient is doing during that follow-up as well. And I communicate directly with the coach or the trainer. That Super way, when they're valuable. coming back, I already know what maybe the things that we're going to be working on are. Or if everything's going great, we can just say continue as, continue as appropriate. That's my next know? question, right? Like, so I think people... That's a hard thing for people to like, what do you do with people that are like, well, what's next? Like, I, that's what I get. I get a lot with people that are like, well, now you're moving good, like maintenance or, you know, you know, when people get hurt, right, they're always working. They're trying to always work on something to get out of pain. Um, and I've kind of always thought of myself as kind of a, after you have someone like they get in surgery and then they go to PT and then they come see me and then they're kind of back at the gym. I think you're kind of a level in between maybe me and a, and a, reg, a normal PT or, uh, you know, something specific to their injury that they had. But th- I think that's like a, 
you're kind of bridging that gap a, yeah. better, a lot better than what I see a lot of PTs do. Like you're really like, you don't, they don't even need to necessarily see me. They can like work their way back into the gym, um, in a safe environment and, um, and, and they're going to start, they're going to know and feel what they need to be feeling. Um, and they'll really have a really good structure to start back going to the gym again. Like, do you, um, do you have like, when you set up their training, do you do like pro- programming? No, I don't, I don't do any programming. I, I refer for that oh, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. It's like I do view myself as as filling that gap because there's a huge void. Like in, I think so too. in PT, it's like all right, you're done. And then it's and and no, like I don't I don't want to say nobody, but not a lot of PTs have very strong established relationships with that next step with mm-hmm. that trainer because what's the incentive? Because they're not getting people from that trainer to them. There's no relationship between that trainer yeah. and that PT. All their patients are coming from either referrals from MDs or referrals from insurance companies or you know and really like it that. should be like the other way around right, right. like it, you have a surgery you go see you you come to the gym and if something happens to the gym it shouldn't get to the point where they need surgery again right it should get back right. to you right fix the issue before it becomes an issue and then back to me well that's right. the thing that I think you hit on that's that sounds like it would be the most crucial thing and most obvious thing that you would have a relationship with the trainer and or gym wherever that person is continuing their progress right however it doesn't sound like that's the case right there's there's no incentive for that mm. so it takes two people who want to mm. You know, people who are actually vested in that person as it like, doesn't. So, it doesn't so when you say incentive, um, we're specifically referring to financial incentives. No, no. Well, I mean, there's no incentive period to I mean, and, and there's proof because it, it doesn't exist. Right. There's mm-hmm. no incentive. So maybe it is financial incentive because there's no referral incentive either. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the PT company that the large corporation where they have all their P, the, the PTC and five patients in a di- an hour doesn't have a time to go develop those relationships with those trainers. Right. But those trainers also the main incentive for a trainer to seek out a relationship with a PT, which the PT may or may not have time for because they're seeing five patients an hour, is um, <laughs> is to to have there someone that. that they yeah there is that right uh, that they um, that they regularly refer refer their patients to that they that they trust mm-hmm. right um, and to help buffer uh, to help stabilize that PT's schedule by having less people lost due to injury, right? So there is financial incentive. I just don't think that, you know, because because of, for a trainer or a coach, having a group of clientele who stay with you because people don't get hurt because you have a network of, yeah. of healthcare providers exactly. around you is extremely financially valuable. And that's what I was getting at because I think there's more, like just from a sheer financial standpoint, forget the value provision, but just from a sheer value standpoint, there's more money to to be made when you are actually helping people. Yes, I agree, one hundred percent. It's it's not about creating a revolving door where they're constantly broken and they have to see you. Because at the end of the day, they want a result, and if you can be the one that the, the person who provides that result, they're going to come see you. They're going to tell all of their friends to come see you. It's going to come back on itself. I think that 
that's just that, like you hit it right on the head. And, like that's such a powerful thing, and it, I think it takes a little pressure off the coach or the trainer too. Like you don't have to know everything, right? Like you can be an expert in your field in the training and the coaching standpoint. You don't have to. Okay, well, I also need to be because that's what happens in a lot of gyms, right? Like you're also kind of their rehab person or their whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how I kind of found CrossFit. Is I was like fixing people that were CrossFitting. And they were coming to me for that when really, you know, I didn't have time for it. I don't have time for it. Yeah, and that's a classic example of how we met. Yeah. Because uh, my partners at CNP, CrossFit North Phoenix, were good friends with Carson because he was helping them. He had a relationship with them through another gym, and he saw a lot of broken people coming out of that gym, and he was fixing them. Yeah. Right? And then so when we had people break at CNP, the first response was, you know what? Carson got me results. And so we go see Carson, and then if Carson can't fix them, it's like, who do we go to now? Next, yeah. And that's where Tom comes in, Dr. Tom. Yeah. I like that. Oh. Yeah, it's like a, it's a team around the individual rather than, sure. uh, you know, that fragmented piece where there's that big gap. Right? Absolutely. Well, I think I think in the fitness world, too, like we were talking about the monetary part of it, like people have been scared to be like, oh, go to that guy because I'm not, well, and I don't go to that guy because I'm not going to get paid if you go to that guy. But people <laughs> don't, I don't think, people, I don't, yeah, yeah right? Like it's, mindset, it yeah. totally is scarcity mindset, um, <clears throat> you know. I don't expect my clients to know everything when they come in here, right? Like, right. Uh, it's. I think it works the other way out too, right? We have to. We have to have these kind of systems in play, um, and there's things that you could probably for sure teach a lot of coaches to look for, you know, to watch for their athletes because that's. I think that's the most powerful thing we picked up today. Right. Like, Kyle was doing something. One of our athletes in here was doing something that I haven't seen. Um, and maybe it's because I wasn't specific, I wasn't maybe watching Kyle that you know when we're doing that movement or uh, you know some of the movements we were doing like I usually have to watch certain people because I know they have such a <laughs> yeah, hard you have time a lot with of people to watch over right yeah. um, and you saw something him like almost instantly that I didn't see before and I thought that was really cool and I think if you can train coaches to do that mm-hmm. they're better coaches. Right. Absolutely. And absolutely, one hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's 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 a powerful thing for any CrossFit gym, in my opinion. Right. And, and the beautiful thing about it is too, like like you said, you know, Tom spotted this issue with I think it was a pelvic tilt issue when he was yeah. doing the crawl, the bear, the bear crawl. crawl. Yeah. And he spotted it right off the bat, and went over there, and was like Johnny on the spot with the diagnosis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool because it took the pressure off you as Kyle's coach to have to see that, right? Like to have to know everything about Kyle. Exactly. And so it kind of allows this freedom for you to say like you said hey man I don't know let's let's have you you know sit with someone like Tom who can actually get to the bottom of that piece and help you you know advance the way that you really want to advance because like you were saying it's those little things that you build on that can really allow you to advance or constantly keep you broken Absolutely. And, you know, the more minds and the more eyes, the better, because everybody brings a different background, a different experience to the table. And so when one person gets stuck, it's really helpful to have somebody else there who's able to, you know, you can rely on as part of your team to just bring them in as a part of that. I'm sure. I think people for a long time, I've seen this in a lot of trainers and a lot of coaches, they just get scared, right? They get scared that they're not the uh, big fish in the pond. Um, 
and very very true right like you 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 see it you go to gyms and you're like well that's the head coach and it's always the guy who has the sign over the door that says leave your ego at the door (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get rid of my sign no Um. (laughs) that's That's so true right um but that's that's a mind that's a mindset that i feel like you know in a lot of i know that's funny there's that's a mindset we'll edit out the laughing yeah Yeah, right (laughs) no it's it's just a mindset that i think that like you know has been bred into you know what coaching is supposed to look like you know like i mean you go to a you go to like a collegiate level team i mean they have (laughs) so many they have so many different pieces now they have one of you they have one of you they have one of you they have lmts they have pts they have atcs now they have like all these i mean teams now it's amazing how many people they you know can employ um to make their athletes better but you don't think about that way when you come to your like little crossfit gym that's got 100 people right right but you should you should you should i mean there's a lot of not only monetary parts that come to that but there's also like you know we're we're, we're the crossfit gym that no one gets hurt during the open yeah there's a, a yeah and you you when you make a solid referral that improves your own value that's right to the person that you referred they're super thankful that. they're yeah. grateful they appreciate you for knowing what you don't know and then they are more likely to refer you in addition to that absolutely absolutely everyone that. stays safer everyone learns something and everyone benefits and that, that that's the piece that we were talking about earlier I think the first time we met we talked a little bit about how scarcity minded the fitness industry can be and just touching on that like we were saying around the ego piece uh, you know it's it's very rare to meet a coach PT AT gym owner who doesn't know everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah super rare well I think but some of it right is that job right like everyone sure. comes to you right 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 and it, it takes it takes so you're saying like they don't want to feel like they're less than because they I have so. questions to answer absolutely i think so yeah. i think it's it, you know it's i i, 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 I this is i'm not going to say names or anything but like oh, come I, on, say some names yeah say some names <laughs> um, but i remember going to my first my first crossfit gym and that's exactly what happened right like mm-hmm. they were maybe not an expert in Olympic lifting, but they're trying to tell me how to do something. And I, I, I've lived and lifted for probably 20 years now. And they were trying to tell me, you know, whatever it is they were trying to teach me. Right. And even though I knew it was wrong fundamentally, they couldn't, they couldn't even explain to me why they were trying to teach me it. Uh, you know, that when I asked that, why, right? Like, why are we doing this? And they're just, well, it's a, this is the cue that I'm trying to get you to do or whatever. But I, I think that, cro- that cro- the, uh, in CrossFit gyms are, it's powerful, right? It's a strong community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, a lot of people look up to one person. Right. And I think that, and, and not that it's bad. Well, it that? can be. It depends it, on yeah, the Yeah, it can be. Right? I yeah. mean, because each gym is like its own little tribe. Yeah, right? Exactly. That's like, yeah. And, and every tribe has a leader. And if you're a leader, if you're not, you know, top dog in your field, then all of a sudden, you know, there's this internal sort of worth thing that happens where it's like, well, you know, I have to have all the answers or else they're not going to think that I'm good at what I do. Well, I think that's a, that's a great that's a great way to look at it. And I just popped in my head. I, I thought about like the military, right? The military, everyone has their specific thing they're good at. Like you're a weapon sergeant, you're a medic, and I'm a whatever. But we also cross-train to learn those things just in case. Now in the military, it's different, right? Unfortunately, when you get hurt or shot, you still have to know how to do basic medical stuff, right? Um, and I think that's probably how more CrossFit gyms should look, sure. right? Like, not only does the coaches 
converse with a PT, but they also learn from that PT, right? Like I want to know, I want to, I want to know, they probably, and most coaches probably need to work on their own stuff with you guys. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, the better relationships you guys have, we have with that stuff, that's, that's powerful stuff that can really be powerful and just makes you better coaches. Totally. And you kind of hit the nail on the head and I think that it goes beyond like even just between the PTs and the coaches, having that open-minded collaboration is super important because I think in a lot of the health and wellness and fitness industry, when people have trouble with somebody, they are even reluctant to bring in somebody else from their own profession to check on what they're doing and see if they even missed something. And to have people who are all, all in agreement that we can discuss difficult cases and, you know, I, I like may that. have missed yeah. something and, you know, you might call it vulnerable, but you also might call it just like the smart play. Right? It is, right? Like, it, 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 I keep going back to my military background, <laughs> but like in the military, we always do after action reviews, right? And not only does the person that's in charge do an after action review, but that next in charge, that next in charge, the platoon leader all the way down the right. line does their checks on their people, right? right? And, and, and the, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on the head. Like, that's a that's a very very strong way to make yourself a better trainer and, a better and this is one of the beautiful things about what specifically took place today I mean as founder of hardwater as the guy out promoting these seminars and the people in the seminars and the people who come I have tremendous care for all parties involved and it was beautiful to see another trainer come from the south and participate in today's seminar with you and there was no animosity. There was no, you know, back and forth bullshit. It was like, hey, no, it's cool. You know, if you got another set of eyes, if you can help me out, well, help think, me out. Yeah, I think and I think that speaks stuff volumes. different way. Yeah, yeah everyone minds it to, um, you know, the, the type of individuals that we're working with, people who seek to collaborate and and to move together, you know, in terms of creating value in the marketplace. And I, I just really, you know, honor you for doing that, and and honor Carson for allowing that to take place in his gym. It's just such a rare thing that I think. If if you can catch that lightning in a bottle, we we owe it to the marketplace to make sure we interact that way. Absolutely, yeah. we're gonna need a big bottle. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, man. Well, yeah, I think I, 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 that's that's perfect. That's perfectly said. I, I I've always kind of felt like when it comes to people coming into my space, um, you always I, actually we, me and Jason had this your conversation. Dance space or your my space dance space. space. You get my bubble, you know. You get my bubble. <laughs> I like to dance a certain way. I'm kind of big. No. <laughs> Um, we talked about yesterday, uh, Corey, one of our, one of our, uh, teammates and all this, um, came over and was moving stuff around my gym and, uh, <laughs> and it, it got me really agitated, it got me really agitated. And he, I think he took, I think he took it as like, I was mad at him or something, but I really wasn't. I was just like, why are you moving stuff in my gym? This is my spot. Does not compute. Yeah. It does not compute. But, <laughs> but I think I, I and it's funny is I'm the exact opposite when it comes to someone coming and looking at a client. Um, I love it when, cause here's the thing. You have an expertise in what you're doing, and if you can give me one something that I didn't see, I know a lot of corrective exercises. I can help that person get better, right? Like, I know that now that Kyle's doing that with his hips when he when he does it, and I, now we know a little bit of why. Now, when he's coming in training, I get to be like, all right, well, you know what kind of warm-up you'd be doing. You'd be doing this, this, and this because that's what Dr. Tom said and that's what we're going to do, right? And then when I get to see him get better, correct, cool, correct that movement pattern get better with it and then his back doesn't bother him as much and then he can add more volume to what he's trying to do 
and then he the, the outcome the outcome is better performance, right? Like yeah, that's absolutely. the coolest part. And on top of it, he's pain free. I mean, how many times do people yeah. sacrifice pain for performance? I mean, it happens just all the time. It, yeah, they just push through it. I I know eighty percent of athletes out there. Right, eight, at, yeah, it's probably, more, probably more. Probably <laughs> more. I mean, if we went to the yeah, CrossFit Games, sure. how many athletes yeah. would we go to and be like, "All right, how are you pain free?" Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the answer to that, but Not I know in the military. I mean, we're always hurt. Were you in the military? I was in the military. <laughs> oh, is that where he gets all these military? <laughs> no. Well, I, I, it just, it's, it's funny. No, yeah. I'm, I'm picking on you, but seriously, I, I have to brag on, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to brag on Carson just for a moment because I rem- remember when you and I first met, uh, Tom, at your office, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things you said to me was, is there going to be a conflict if I come into the gym and I'm the guy that's like helping people, correcting people, you know, giving this seminar that we're talking about giving? And I was like, you know, I don't think there's going to be. And this was before I talked to Carson. And then later that day I came in and I spoke to him and he said to me that he saw himself at a certain level and not beyond it. And there's a certain level that he his expertise ends and he owned it and admitted it right there. And he said, I have no issue with bringing Tom in. And that, to me, spoke volumes because I was like, this is a guy that I, not only do I love, I'm going to love working with. <laughs> well, that's you. Yeah. Thanks. And, and I felt extremely welcome today. And that was that was one of the first things well, we that I noticed. we didn't you yet. Huh? We didn't physically. <laughs> no, ha- no hazing? <laughs> no, that's no, after hazing, the podcast. No. Huh? <laughs> Different. That's after, right? <laughs> you know, and, and um, I don't need, you know, it's not linear, right? So as, as seeing yourself at a certain level and, and then the beyond that level, there's there are so many fields of expertise as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. One well, it's person, always, it's, and, and, you know, and honestly, if you're a good coach, and me and Jason talked a little bit about this is in, in the way we want to see our coaches is our coaches are never stopped learning, right? There's absolutely no reason for anybody, any of our coaches to ever stop learning something new. And it doesn't necessarily have to be PT. It could be anything, right? Like uh, that, you know, being able to, you know, get yourself in a better position, get yourself in a better mindset, um, you know, make yourself tougher, make yourself more vulnerable. There's there's a million ways to look at it. I think that uh, you know those are those are coaches that I want to be underneath us. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. I, I think I, that's the and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, at least for me, at least for sure. And so, just to wrap this up and close this out, yeah. um, I want to turn it back over to Tom and just let him outline, you know, what it looks like um, for him to receive you know, uh, a, a good prospect and what that process, um, you know, entails and how they can get in touch with you. Because we really want to make sure that we showcase the fact that you are doing everything in your power to provide tremendous value to the marketplace. Absolutely. Thank you. So, uh, you know, the, the people that I really enjoy working the most with are those who are going to continue to push themselves. And, you know, those people who do push through the pain and they're also seeking a solution or, you know, some of them have given up seeking a solution and they're just going to push through the pain um those are you know the people who are actually vested in i want to get better because these are my goals i want to do this by this year and you know etc so the people that i enjoy working with are the ones who are driven to continue working out and continue to make themselves better and they just maybe haven't found the right solution um so anybody can reach out and get in touch with me um the website is the doctors of pt.com we have a facebook page um it's just facebook.com slash the doctors of PT where we put out a lot of content and uh, we're always posting uh, mobility content and core strengthening and activation techniques on our blogs and stuff like that they can go to our website and sign up for the newsletter and they can always reach me directly
directly at info at the doctorsofpt.com. Beautiful. Anything you want to say? No. All right. Go, go to his website. Check it out. Yeah, check him out. Super awesome guy and super knowledgeable. I would Definitely. say awesome guy. Thanks for having me. I don't like guys. him though. So, <laughs> it's time for the hazing. Right? <laughs> now, I was nice for long enough. Well, no. yeah, sounds like I have a crush on him now. Right? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure and check out CrossFit FSI if you're in North Scottsdale, CrossFit North Phoenix, if you're over in the Deer Valley area. Hardwater.com for all your apparel needs for Carson Kemp and Dr. Tom Padilla. This is Jason Archer signing off. So go and honor the work and we'll see you in the next episode. Cool. Thanks.